Hey, beautiful human family. Welcome to another episode of the Art of Being Human podcast. I am so glad that you're joining me today, and I'm excited that you're participating in the question, what does it mean to be a beneficial human being? I'm your host and fellow human being, Meg Hepner. Lovely friends, I have to share some of the great things that are happening right now, and I'm so excited about them, and I really hope that you can join me. Now, you may or may not know this, but every month I host a Soul Sister Women's Circle. These circles are for those who are looking to have an empowered and deep connection with other authentic heart-centered women. During these circles, we dive into what does it mean to be a woman in this world, and how can we live in an empowered way that shows a true reflection of who we are. This month, we have amazing circles happening. You can join us on June 21st at 9.30 a.m. PST for our authentic deep conversation circle. And this month, we're talking all about receiving. What does it mean to really cultivate the ability to receive? Because if we're going to be in our feminine energy, if we're going to really get comfortable with that part of ourselves, that means we need to become open to receive. We also have a wisdom and discernment circle coming up on June 20th at 7 p.m. PST. And this is for those of you who find yourself at a crossroads and you just need some support. You need a sisterhood to circle around you as you really dive into what's best for you, what you need to do, and what path you want to take moving forward. So those are the two drop-in circles that are happening in the month of June. Now, for those of you who want to go a bit deeper, you are welcome to join a long-term Soul Sister Women's Circle. This is a group for those of you who want to journey into how you created your identity. How did you become you? And how do your stories influence you? And what has shaped you into who you are? You want to dive into what it means to really truly love and accept yourself and how to walk through this world in an empowered way so that you can make an impact on your family and on your community. This group is for you if you want to learn how to set boundaries and how to communicate in a way that truly reflects who you are and what you desire. And this group is for you if you want to dive into your shadow side to wrestle with the monsters that we would normally run away from. This group requires a three-month commitment and it allows you to build an incredible community of women who are doing the same work. So if that sounds like it would be something that's interesting to you or your cup of tea, I would love to have you join us either at a drop-in or at one of the long-term Soul Sister groups. So you can check the links below and you can find the spot that works for you. All right, we're back for more on the art of storytelling for this episode, and I can't wait to dive into it. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that the stories we tell and why we tell them is a fascination of mine. As a coach, I spend so much time pulling apart the stories that people have and looking at them again from a different angle so that we can see them a bit more clearly and so that we can see them in a way that truly benefits the person who's holding the story. So often we believe the first story that comes to our mind. And if you've listened to part one of this series, AKA last week's episode, you know that our stories are not necessarily true. In fact, we have way more power over our stories than we think we do. 
What's important is that we don't simply believe that because it came to us, then it must be true, but rather that we look at the story consciously and from an aware state so that we can, for a lack of a better way of saying it, critically access if it's a story we want to onboard or not. This is important because the stories we tell ourselves are what we use as evidence to support our identity and our beliefs about ourselves and about the world in general. So again, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you will know some of the stories that I've told myself over the years because I've shared them here. Stories like the chaos and turmoil of my childhood home meant I was unlovable or The instability of my immigrant parents meant that I wasn't allowed to have needs or stories like I'm only good if I'm serving and sacrificing, even if that means I have to become burnt out and resentful. And it's taken me years to take these stories apart, to rewrite them, and then to find a new identity to match my new stories. And some of the stories that we onboard are personal, like the ones I mentioned above, And some of them are stories that our culture or our religion or our society has created. And we feel like there's just no way that those stories aren't true because so many people agree with the story. We feel like the more people agree with the story, the more we have to agree with the story and the more the story is true. Now, to be fair, some of the agreed upon stories we have are positive because they've built our cultures and societies and religions, and there's some beauty and safety and stability to be found there. For example, I live in Canada, and I benefit from the story that we tell about Canada. As a group of people, we drew lines on a map and decided to call the land within those lines Canada. And because that was a story that people agreed on, I now have a country to live in that supports me and that keeps me safe. Everyone else in the world also agrees with that story. And so there we have it, a country called Canada. Now, if the U.S., our southern neighbors, ever decided to invade us, we would have to have a new story written. We would have to then say there used to be a country called Canada, but then it became a part of the U.S. and then it would form a new normal story. Now, even as I say that, I realize that the story I have about Canada as someone whose ancestors immigrated here is told a certain way. But if I were a First Nations person in this country, my story would be a very different one. So even though I call the story a positive one, I realize that that's not the full truth. It's positive for me because it benefits me. For someone else, that story has totally different meaning. And that story looks completely different. And sometimes we don't know that we're part of stories that are negative because we only benefit from the story. The same is true with patriarchy, right? Right now, the story of patriarchy is being exposed and rewritten. And those that benefited from the story have a hard time understanding that there was a different side to that story this whole time. Just like I benefit from my story of Canada and so many First Nations communities don't. And sometimes we're also not aware that there even is a story because we have never once questioned it. We don't think of it as a story. We simply think of it as reality. If we're born into the story, it can feel like the only reality that there is. Some women aren't aware that they are swimming in the waters of patriarchy because it's the only water they've ever known. 
Or sometimes we don't know that we're stuck in a consumerist society because, well, everybody buys stuff, right? Or we think the only way to reward people is through meritocracy and hierarchy because what you get is what you deserve, right? (laughs) These are all stories and the stories go on and on and on. And so we need a way to gauge whether a story is actually beneficial or not. Now, this is by no means the only way of doing it, but there are three gauges that we can use when we begin to question a story that we've been telling ourselves. The first gauge is technically known as the anxiety gauge, although I prefer to call it the emotional gauge. And this is when you ask yourself the question, what are the emotions that this story that I'm telling myself is creating in me? Does it lead me to an empowered state where I'm connected with my creativity and my resourcefulness and I'm connected to my highest values? Or does this story keep me feeling trapped and small? And does this story keep me holding myself back because of fear? Do the emotions that this story creates for me keep me limited in what I can see so that I'm only focused on the negative and can't see the positive or vice versa? If your emotions are limiting you and dispowering you, it's time to look at that story and see if there isn't a fresh way of looking at it. I know a personal example from my own life is the story I had about it not being okay to have needs. Believing that I was not allowed to have needs made me feel small and sad and resentful. And those feelings were my cue that I needed to do some work in this area, that I needed to look at that story that I'd written about what it meant to have needs and begin to do the work of looking at that story and looking at needs in a different light. And on a larger scale, we might think of consumerism. As a society, we're so encouraged to consume. Every day, we're bombarded with new things to want and to desire with the promise that whatever we purchase will ultimately fulfill us. But how often don't we feel let down after we've purchased something, feeling kind of empty, and maybe even asking ourselves, why did I ever feel like I needed that so badly? And then only having to work harder to make more money to maintain the thing we just purchased. One of the most freeing things my hubby and I ever did was to step outside of a consumerist status quo to live a more quiet and simple life. It felt so much better to us. There was such an energy release when we decided not to live our lives in sort of that consumerist, you know, having to keep up with the Joneses type of lifestyle. The second gauge that we can use when we look at the stories that we create is, of course, the fact gauge. Our stories are normally so filled with opinions and assumptions and leaps of logic. Very rarely do we have all the facts. And even if we do have the facts, we tend to focus more on our opinion about the facts than the actual facts. So pulling apart our stories so that we can actually see which parts of them fit into opinion category or which parts of them fit into assumption category can be so eye-opening. It opens us up to asking, what information am I missing? Or is there anything else I would need to know about this person or circumstance or situation? And it's amazing as we amass more information, how the story begins to change. And with it, how we feel about the story begins to change. And again, if I look at this on a personal level, I think of the turmoil in my childhood home. Learning about alcoholism and how that affected a person's abilities opened me up to a totally different way of seeing my childhood that 
when I was a child, I didn't understand because I didn't have the information. I didn't have the facts. And so I made leaps of lo- leaps in logic on my own lovability that simply weren't true. And on a grander scale, we might take something like the way that our culture values meritocracy and the belief that if we work hard, we get rewarded. When we pull that story apart, we see how many hardworking people do not move up the socioeconomic ladder, even though they put in long hours and do work that we ourselves might not be willing to do. And so we see that meritocracy may not be a value that our culture should claim is one of our highest values. I'm not saying it it doesn't belong at all, but definitely not one of our highest values, which right now it is. So the last gauge that we can use to see if our story is beneficial or not is the presence gauge. So often when we're telling a story, we're basing it on something we remember from the past or a fear we have about something that will happen in the future. Very seldom are we in the present. It can be so helpful to stay in the present when we tell the story because then we don't carry the burden of the past or the fear of the future with us into the moment that we're actually in. And so we clear away some of the limitations we might have in seeing what's happening in the moment. By asking ourselves, what is happening right now? We focus on what we're experiencing in the moment, our environment, the sensations our body is providing us. And hopefully we can start to see things we hadn't seen before. And we connect to what the moment needs right here and right now. If instead we go into the past, we end up saying things like, oh, it's always been this way, or they always do this, keeping us trapped to repeat the same uncomfortable or painful experiences again and again and again. Or if we go into the future, we end up saying, oh, I hope this doesn't happen, or I hope that doesn't happen. And then we use all of our resources to prevent the bad instead of using our resources to create the good. Again, If I look personally, I can see how many times I've done this in my personal relationships, (laughs) whether it would be with family members or friends or even people I only know through reputation. It's so easy for me to say, well, that's just the way they are and then get frustrated when relationships never change. Or on a larger scale, if we look at the overwhelming racism in so many of our communities, it can seem like something we can't overcome. There's such a long history of inequality, and we feel so afraid that the future will just be a repeat of the past. So we do nothing. We say things like, well, what can I do about it? I'm only one person. Instead of seeing that one person at a time in one situation is actually what it's going to take to make a difference in this world. So those are the three gauges, the anxiety gauge, or what I call the emotional gauge, the fact gauge, and the presence gauge. If you can begin to look at your stories through those gauges, you may be able to see that the story that you've been telling yourself is not beneficial to you, and you can begin to do the work of rewriting it. Or maybe that helps you see what an incredible story you do have in your life and why your stories make you feel so fantastic. Either way, it's just a great tool to do a little check-in as to where you're at. All right, human family, thank you so much for spending time to me today with me today. As always, it has been a complete pleasure. Until next time, take good care.